Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. The nighttime economy has been on the ropes for the last number of years. From pandemics to licensing restrictions to a cost of living crisis, it's not been easy to say the least. So for this week's industry review, to help me get a sense of how late night bars and nightclubs are faring, I'm delighted to be joined by Ian Redmond of Tramline uh, here in Dublin. Sunil Sharp is from Give Us the Night. And Robbie Fox, former nightclub owner and veteran of Reynards and many other late night establishments here in Dublin. So uh, you're all very welcome to the programme. Sunil, could I start with you? Um, You represent Give Us the Night. Who are Give Us yeah. the Night and what do you represent? Well, we're a community organisation. We were first formed back in 2004, uh, back at the time actually when, when, when Robbie was still in the industry as well. And I remember he was one of the only operators who stood with us when we later demonstrated outside the doll in 2008. Um, at that point, we started as a kind of an emergency response to... to to um, a media report or a media leak at the time that, that, that nightclubs were going to be further restricted in terms of their opening hours. Uh, we got a lot of initial support for that. The times weren't changed. Uh, but from that point on, we, we endeavoured to change the licensing laws and to extend opening hours. I would say our our campaign has broadened out a lot in terms of our overall remit. I mean, we're trying to, to, to bring all, all types of new energy um, and hopefully new investments into the industry, but to try to try to help protect what's there. I think one thing that we've we've missed in the last ten to fifteen years is new investment, new operators, uh, uh, youth and freshness into the industry. Uh, and you know, it, I, I just have to pay testament to those who have stayed in the industry since, because we have lost uh, close to eighty-five percent of our nightclubs over the last twenty years. Okay. At the turn of the millennium, we had uh, over five hundred nightclubs. That was at the time then that Fianna Fáil kind of with our licensing laws, they 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 um, they prioritise the pub industry uh, without doing anything for the nightclub industry, and from that point uh, onwards, it, it was really a kind of a, a downward trajectory. Okay, slow, well, we, slow, we, painful death for the nightclub industry. And we'll try and get it in behind the decline of the industry in a minute, Sonil. Uh, I want to bring in Ian Redmond uh, from the Tramline Nightclub here in Dublin. Ian, you're very welcome to the program. Thanks, Bobby. Tell us about your business first, Ian, if you would. Um, well, I've been in the nightclub business since 2005 with uh, the 21 Club on Delir Street, Flannery's Lake Bar on Camden Street, and then um, a Tramline Nightclub. Uh, um, we opened in 2017. We undertook a large capital uh, investment program on it. Spent two and a half million fitting out a basement, a 13,000 square foot basement, on Delir Street, um, with the view that there was going to be change in licensing and reform. Um, and unfortunately, it's been very, very slow. As Sunil said, um, it, it was the advent of a cafe bar in the early noughties that kind of has uh, brought the decline of the nightclub industry. Uh, patrons don't seem to want to leave a late night bar to pay an admission charge into a nightclub. And that admission charge is crucial because it covers uh, the entertainment, it covers the cost of security and uh, our special exemption orders, which are basically our late night bar extensions to stay open beyond 12.30 at night. So it's hugely expensive to run a nightclub and it's only getting more expensive since the pandemic, our insurance has gone from 40,000 a year to 160,000 a year. Um, no reform. We've been talking about insurance reform for years. Nothing is happening. It's getting worse. We're being gouged by underwriters. 
Okay, can I ask you another question, if you would answer this for me, Ian? What's fundamentally the difference between a late-night bar and a nightclub? Is it that you actually pay into one and you don't pay into the other? Or is there more to it than that? Because I think there might be some confusion around what's what in the consumer's eye. Yeah, well, well, a nightclub is essentially a discotheque, but there's no definition in law of what a nightclub is. There's a definition in planning, uh, but in law there's no difference between a, a bar and a nightclub. It's basically a bar with a, a special exemption order attaching to its license. It does need a public dance license, uh, there's a, a music and singing license, and there's a seven-day publican's license, and a restaurant certificate. So we're tied up in all sorts of red tape yeah. in regards to operating our business. But essentially, the, the, uh, in practicality, the, the difference is uh, a nightclub would have a box office, it would have a performance area, it would have a dance floor, it would have a foreground music system and a theatrical lighting system. And they're things really that bars don't have. Right. Uh, let me bring in our third guest. He's Robbie Fox, uh, formerly of Reynards and somebody who operated in this space, uh, as Sunil said, for a long number of years. Robbie, you're very welcome to the programme. How are you, Robbie? How are you guys? Um, now, I'd echo what the two guys said that this certainly all changed when the, the licence and laws were relaxed in the early 90s, the introduction of the like bars. That's a, that's a main, major issue here. Robbie, when you look at the change in the business over the years, and I know you were very hands-on, I used to see you at the door of Reynards, you were always there, and you really had your finger on the pulse of what was happening, and I, I don't want to go down, and I know licensing laws and all that around that is a hugely complex area, and it is one of the big problems, but I don't want to get stuck in that, because I want to ask you about the consumer for a minute. Has the consumer changed? What do they want? Do they care if it's a nightclub or a late night bar? As long as they, what about if I can't get a taxi home from town? Is are these things that are affecting the business? And I'd like to chat about a few of those if we could. Well, okay. I mean, let's start. I mean, initially, late bars this was driven by drink. Like you know, they don't work unless you're serving alcohol, and that's where things started. And for many, many years in Ireland, pubs closed at 11 or half 11. And then they, if they wanted more drinks, the only place they'd go out was to a club or discotheque, whatever way you want to call it. And then there were, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, in a fair to commas, nightclubs in Dublin. But when they changed the licensing laws, those nightclubs just became like bars. There, there wasn't less people going out after 12 o'clock. They were just going to different places under different labels. Yeah. And the labels became like bars. So there's still a huge industry out there after 12 o'clock. But the licensing laws are the main issue here. And like it's hard to talk about this without talking about the licensing laws. Yeah. No, it's not, that I, don't want to, it's, not, it's not that I don't want to talk about them. I just didn't want to get mired. I want yeah, to talk about it. other things as well. Well, okay. So talk about consumer. There are two different types of, of consumer after 12 o'clock. There is a cohort who go and dance maybe a couple of drinks, but basically dance and enjoy it, maybe some entertainment. And then there's another cohort who just want to drink. So they're, and, and so in the middle of both of them, they want to meet the opposite sex, you know, or the same sex, but they want to go out and meet people. I mean, there's the, the okay. room in the city for or two big clubs that are basically for dancing and entertainment. And then the rest are, you know, just for drinking and meeting people. Okay. I think uh, so Neil, can I bring you back in here um, just to talk again um, you know you, you mentioned that the business and the industry and I understand this is largely governed 
by 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 licensing and what you can do and what you can't do, and I, I do accept that. Uh, but but what in your view is does anybody want? Uh, all nightclubs to stay open till six o'clock in the morning, and if they do stay open, will people go to them? Uh, some people do. I mean, it's only going to be a small, a small amount of operators initially who who can first of all afford to take that risk because you know staffing, you know where it is at the moment, it's still it's still going to take a while for some venues to get back up to full. So I think at the beginning, we may, we may not even have the amount of clubs even in the double digits who are who are who are who are choosing to go till six o'clock. I mean, I should point out as well, venues that do have the opportunity to open till six will only be able to operate the bar till five. So really, from our perspective, it's a moderate change. It's one that should have come in a long time ago. It'll take time, you know. I think nightlife is still recovering, not only in Ireland, but all around Europe, you know. And I see it myself just from playing in different clubs around Europe. It's slow to come back. I mean, older people aren't coming back. Younger people are a little bit slower to kind of sign up to go back to the kind of the, the, the night club industry a lot of them have got used to their own kind of yeah you know i think something changed in nightlife about 15 or 20 years ago probably about 15 years ago with uh, events like the warehouse project over in england and it's kind of interesting because electronic music which was born in nightclubs um, if, if we're going back to disco and then getting back into house music and stuff, I mean, some people will say it was born in warehouses as well, but, you know, people started to favour a new type of environment beyond nightclubs, and I think that has been a challenge for the nightclub industry. You couple uh, fe- the festival market and festival season, which now eats into a, a far larger part of the year. It's not just two or three months. It's, it's, it's almost half of the year now. A lot of people travel as well. So we need, we need, first of all, to protect the venues that are there, but I think people want to buy into a venue. They want to kind of know that the venue cares about them as well, and they're not just there to sell them alcohol. You know, there's, yeah. um, there, you know this is about music, it's about art, it's about the, the lights, it's about the sound system, it's about the community, uh, but it's also knowing that the, that the venue cares about mm. you and your welfare as well. And there's, yeah, I think as we get into the, to the kind of the later hours, this will be where a lot of venues can kind of define themselves and where there'll be kind of new competition, I suppose. It's an exciting new time and it's where I think new operators will, I think it's where we'll start to experience more diversity, where we'll say, right, that particular venue is good at doing, you know, 10 till 3 or 10 till 4. If you want to go somewhere later, somewhere that opens at 12 and only really gets going at 2 o'clock, that's the place to go. But it's all about having diversity and a versatility of offering in our city and and in rural areas as well you know let let me bring back uh, Ian Redmond from uh, Tramline Ian just in terms of you asked about changing habits Bobby and uh, I fully agree with Sunil Uh, it's going to take a while to come back there's been a huge change post-Covid in in habits of patrons going out you can see it in the cinema industry cinema numbers are way down because of of the change to streaming in nightclubbing it's changed like the youth of today, they seem they're a lot more fitness focused. They're going to gyms rather rather than to nightclubs, which in one way is great. So alcohol sales are one thing. So alcohol sales are actually on the decline. Right. But um, you know, a nightclub can can operate with a cover charge, a door cover charge. And in Ireland, we've never been able to get the door cover charge like what you'd see in Europe or in the US. So and uh, is one of the reasons there really, there really be, do have challenges. Ian, is one of the reasons that you can't dif- get that differentiation. Between between the cover charge and not is this blend of uh, late night bar versus nightclub that that really they're not defined enough 
Is that well, an issue? One hundred percent. Like if if, if if you can stay out in a late night bar and listen to a, a, a like a mainstream DJ just playing the hits, why would you pay and in? not yeah. pay a cover charge? Why would you pay in to to hear the uh, same kind of standard of DJ? You get fantastic DJs now playing in bars, commercial DJs. So why would you pay into a nightclub to hear a commercial DJ? You know, so unless you're bringing in <clears> an international act, yeah, which is far too expensive, you know, based on size and table number. Uh, it's it's not impossible to to, to kind of hit that balance right. Yeah. What about the other things, Robbie, that are so dependent around uh, nightclubs that, you know, the town is safe, that I'm able to get home after spending a night in a bar till 3 or 4 a.m. All those ancillary things that could dictate whether somebody would go to town or go to a nightclub or not, that you don't really control. Yeah, well, we've been arguing this for years that we, we should have staggered closing hours so that you take the pressure off taxi ranks and you take pressure off the streets. Um, but that has fallen on deaf ears for years. I mean, if you have some clubs that close at two, some clubs that close at three and four and five, whatever, I mean, the pressure is off the streets completely yeah. and off the taxis. But there has been a kickback from, especially from the police on that one. Then they have to police the state for the whole night, whereas at the moment they have this sort of two to four, which is at, you know, peak hours, and they have extra people on then, and then it goes quite after that. So that was always an issue that any time we ar- argue that point. Yeah, but like if you take, you know, a taxi driver probably doesn't get paid much more uh, to operate those eyes hours. He probably has all sorts of hassles that he or she wouldn't have during the day. Yeah, well, I know I've spoken to quite a few taxi drivers and it's harder now to get a taxi at night because they just don't bother working at night yeah. because it's dangerous. And as you say, they don't get paid much more. But, but <laughs> I'd be I'd be of the work. view that we should pay them more to work because I think, you know, if it costs five euro more to get home after a night out, pay it and be done with it and but let the taxi it, driver get the, get the yeah. revenue. Because, like, I just think that, because I hear my own kids saying, we're not going to town because we can't get home. It's all about economics. At the end of the day, to run a nightclub till five or six in the morning is going to cost an awful lot more. Your DJs, your insurance, your, your entertainment, your door staff, it all is going to cost an awful lot more. So the, and as, as one of the lads there said, people are drinking less than they ever did. So unless you're getting a high door money, door price, you're not going to be able to open. It just won't work economically. Yeah. And then on top of that, you've got the kids, as you said, like they're drinking before they go out that are spent in the venue then they have to pay more for taxis. So it becomes a very expensive night out. Yeah. And Sunil, do you worry about the economics of it that because all these costs and all these headwinds that you're facing into, that the consumer might just bark, that it just might be too much if you add up all your costs and then try yeah, and charge a fair price, that it, the maths just don't work? It, it, it is expensive. It's expensive to go out. I mean, it's... Um, and I do worry that it may be it may be viewed as being a kind of a, a little bit too exclusive then or elitist that only those who have the money and can pay twenty five or thirty euros in on the door because that's kind of where it's going. I mean, not all venues will be, but you know, as Ian was saying, if you're bringing over international guests and you know this starts, you know, it, it, this is a, this is kind of part of a problem in another ecosystem around uh, bookings and the music industry in general. You know, fees are just far too expensive at the moment. But a lot of people do expect 
big names when they go to clubs now. It's, it's kind of different to the old days when, when a residence DJ, I mean, that will probably come back, and don't get me wrong, there are resident DJs in all clubs, but I think a lot of people now when they go out, it's a lot more act-driven than it used to be. Uh, but and I would, think this be connected, would this be connected are, are, are to tourism? To escalate to a point that's, that's dangerous, you know? Would this be connected to tourism, as in people coming into Dublin for the weekend, there's a big act on, uh, like, does that, does, do big acts bring tourists? Uh, they can do, and it's definitely, I mean, there's some, there's some cities that really uh, champion that. I mean, Amsterdam, it, we use that as an example a lot. Berlin, I mean, Manchester as well, London. Um, I mean, there's many cities around, around, uh, around uh, Europe who are, who are using electronic music and club cu- culture to enhance their tourism offering. It's definitely somewhere, you know, the Fulcher Ireland have got a little bit more involved in the conversation. It would be nice to see what their plans are for this year. I mean, they do have representation on the nighttime economy task force as well but we, we've yet to see the sort of developments in terms of how they market the country uh, but I suppose mm. a lot of people are waiting Fulcher Ireland included I would assume on, on, what, on what happens with these licensing laws and how flexible they make the, the system and how, how far they go to helping to enhance uh, the okay. offering um, and improve what we have there at the moment Okay uh, Back to you Ian just, short, just briefly um, the licensing laws are due to change I don't know when it's actually going to happen but but give me your take, just briefly give me your take on how you see the future of the business. Uh, certainly very, very challenging. We hope that they bring in the licensing reform before the summer break. You know, it's okay. long overdue. They've half the price of the SEOs. But I had to turn down a booking this week uh, for Trinity College uh, on Wednesday night because I didn't apply for an SEO for it a month ago. And the inquiry only came in last week. So it's crazy. Um, yeah, so... Well. It, you know, we'll stick at it. We've a big investment in our business and we'll stick at it and just keep our fingers crossed that there can be a boon and off we go again. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Okay. And last word to you, Robbie Fox, as a man uh, who's seen this business uh, grow, decline, um, would you, would you, are you sort of, do you, are you, do you sort of pinch yourself and say, I wish I was back in there or are you glad to be out of it? A little bit of both. I do miss it, but I, I, I worry about the future. I mean, if they don't get these licenses right, it could be a disaster. You know, so they need to talk to all the stakeholders involved, yeah. sit around the table until everybody's happy. Because there's been some very, very bad decisions over the years, and and you know, it it it, it has got us where we are today. So yeah. we really need to make sure that we get it right this time. Well, look, I wish you all well because I think it really is an important business. It's it's so important to, you know, that you guys can make a living, that you can survive and that you can provide a service that's desperately needed. And I think it's part of, as Sunil said there, it is part of the culture and the landscape of the city. So I, for one, heralded this business and I hope that you all uh, go from strength to strength. So thanks to my guests, Ian Redmond from Tramline Nightclub, Sunil Sharp from Give Us the Night and Robbie Fox, uh, formerly of Reynards. Thanks for joining us today. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.